Radio. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey everybody, welcome back to Unlimited Wealth. My name is Nicholas Jensen. We have got a fantastic episode for you today. I'm here with my guest, Jen Burson with Generation PR. She is a she runs a, a PR agency, something that she started from scratch and has a vast knowledge on how to promote and to get eyeballs on you and your company. So thank you for joining me, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to have you. We've talked a little bit offline about the crazy the craziness that's happening right now with uh, we're, when we're recording this is is in the midst of the coronavirus and we both have kiddos at home. We're trying to homeschool and <laughs> run a business, and I think you're probably doing a better job than I am because I just escape to my office and and leave my wife high and dry. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no, my husband's been very helpful, um, and I'm sure you are very helpful as well. I think you're probably making a, making a joke about how much you're contributing, but I know you have three, and I only have two, and I cannot imagine adding a third, you know, school schedule into the mix. I mean, it's insane. We have, like, we're all, like, kind of a co-workers at this point. My my 10 year old is having zoom conference calls all day long. <laughs> We're like, who's on zoom. <laughs> you know, uh, I, need, yeah. I need the bandwidth. I had to tell everyone no conference calls while mommy's recording a part, a podcast. So uh, we're just getting used to the new normal here. Well, to, to be fair, I've got, we have, we have four kids total, but my oldest oh. lives in California, but the three that are home that were homeschooling, the oldest is 16. So she's, and the youngest is in third grade. So my oldest can help my youngest. So it's a little bit of man-on-man coverage here. Oh, that's and nice. So, but we're good. But yeah. But let's talk about let's talk about you. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Uh, obviously, from an educational standpoint, you've got a pretty um, impressive education. And so let's kind of talk about your background and then what it is you do now, and and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, I, so I, as you said, I'm running my PR agency here in Los Angeles. It's called Generation PR and we support brands in the beauty and cosmetics, health and wellness and baby and kids spaces. And I have billion dollar clients in each of our niches, which is really cool to me. Cause I feel like, you know, as a mom working from home and, you know, being able to work with brands that have budgets to kind of work with anyone. It's really exciting to me that we have access to companies like that. And it's been really an incredible journey for me in terms of my ability to kind of be in charge of my own schedule because my original kind of background, my professional first kind of job, I guess it was a career, but it felt like a job. I was a litigator um, and I practiced law for four years and did not feel at all like I was in control of my time or what I got to work on. And then I kind of pivoted even my own definition of what success looked like. And for me, I realized it's about working on projects that are interesting, working with clients that I believe in, you know, kind of being the one who's in charge of my time and schedule. And 
So I left 15 years ago. I've been running my agency. This month is actually our 15th anniversary, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, so I left and started Generation PR from scratch with no contacts or training and just jumped in and kind of figured it out. And then 10 years, you know, I guess like five years into running my business, I had kids. And, you know, since then, just I'm sure you'll agree when you work for yourself and you have children, you're just so fortunate to have that flexibility to be able to, you know, be there for your kids' performances and volunteer at school if that's what you want to do or be home when they get home from school. And because of that and kind of my lack of any role models that were able to support that kind of a, you know, work-life integration that I was seeking when I was an attorney – I realized that this model, this agency model that I've been operating for 15 years has been so helpful. And I figured I can teach that to people so they can have a framework for, you know, for women, it's, it's, if this is their definition of having it all like a really healthy business and time with your family, then I want to share that. So I do coach and teach around uh, launching, growing and scaling a profitable agency. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you brought up so many, so many good points there. So first off, you know, when we talk about building wealth and, and building a wealthy life, lifestyle, that's the one thing that I love about being a business owner is you actually do have control over your schedule. And I think where some people get it wrong is they think just because I own a business, other people still have, have access to my time. And and I really try to try to stress to people, no, you own your business so that you can manage your time. Like you have to create space and you have to create space for what's the most important for you. And, and as you mentioned, you know, being able to be home when your kids get home and go to their performances. And my wife runs uh, one of our other businesses and it's so awesome to watch her grow and progress as, you know, she hits challenges. But at the end of the day, she's always able to be around when the kids need her, even though maybe sometimes she gets frustrated that they barge in on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's supposed to be doing something. She's able to like really just be able to, to be there for her. So you building a business from home, doing that same thing is absolutely phenomenal. And being able to share that with other individuals is, is obviously key, especially in this day and age with, with technology. So when running your PR firm and when you deal with obviously large businesses, but also mid to medium sized businesses as well. Is that true? Yeah, we do have mid size companies. Um, usually they have a nice budget for what we provide to them. You know, we're not really talking to solopreneurs from a retainer perspective, but I also then realized that a lot of smaller businesses, um, you know, experts and smaller brands with physical products that really could use the support of media and getting, you know, valuable press placements, but couldn't afford a good agency to help them. I put together a PR program to help, you know, experts and brands do their own PR so that they could kind of get that bump in sales, visibility, credibility, and, you know, new clients so that they could grow and then ultimately, you know, hire somebody like me to do it for them. So, you know, I do think that there's 
yeah, like for the smaller companies, the, the offering that I have is, you know, a, a framework for them to do it themselves if they have the desire to get press. Well, let me ask you this. Like, where do you think, and it doesn't necessarily have to be small companies, but small to these, you know, big companies, where do you think they're missing it on a PR front? Because I was listening to a guy by the name of Bobby Stocks. I don't know. Are you familiar with Bobby Stocks by chance? No. Okay. So he's a, he's a marketer and, and he just made a statement that really kind of resonated with me. He's like, from a marketing and a PR perspective, whatever we think we're doing or whatever we're currently doing, we should probably 10 exit so that we can get eyeballs on our businesses and our brands and things like that. And so from your perspective, mm-hmm. um, where do you think businesses are missing it from a PR perspective? Well, I think right now is, you know, like you said, with this whole quickly evolving, you know, international pandemic, like that's the meaning of pandemic is global, but, you know, we're, we're seeing kind of unprecedented things happening across the board and, you know, it's quickly unfolding and we'll kind of have more clarity as we go. But what I noticed in 2008, because I've been running my business since 2005, you know, 2008 with the the recession, we were really thriving because, I mean, we were, we were so lucky. I just kept thinking like, when is the other shoe going to drop? But we were really convincing our clients and they were seeing the benefits of spending. So it's interesting that he said that, you know, 10x what you're investing during a time like this to capture market share away from competitors who panic and pull back on their promotional budgets. I think it's a huge opportunity for companies right now. I mean, definitely we don't want to have this be opportunistic marketing. And I actually just posted a a two hour call with a bunch of PR professionals. And we really talked a lot about being in integrity and having, um, you know, communicating on behalf of clients, but only in matters that align with your own personal values. I mean, we're, we're not opportunistic people and we're not seeking to make money off of this situation, but to be savvy about it and to guide our clients in a way that helps them see what opportunities are there from them. One of the things we talked about on this call was a lot of these companies pivoting their offerings and, you know, taking like a in-person business and making it a delivery business or taking an in-person business, making it an online situation, consulting online, virtual situations like that. So, you know, trying to kind of sit tight on the sidelines and say like, we're going to wait this out. I think those companies, those entrepreneurs are going to lose in this, in this climate, they have to be nimble, which is one of the benefits of having a smaller agency that I think always works to our advantage. And all of the women that I coach, typically women are in my programs, but they're small and mighty and very nimble. And I tell them that's a huge asset right now because look, I mean, nobody has ever been a professional communicator during a global pandemic. This is brand new for every single person. So step into your expertise, support your clients, offer them guidance. You just have to be one step ahead of them and be able to give them a perspective that gives them direction right now. But that's one of the things is, you know, companies that cut budget are going to, you know, probably not survive if they're in that, you know, kind of greater risk category. But in general, with PR, aside from these, you know, very unusual times, I noticed that businesses of all size 
And whether they're using an agency or not, their pitches they're sending are very generic and they're not resonating with the people that are receiving them. So they don't get results. They're not converting. So they're not sending targeted strategic pitches that show a real connection to the person you're sending it to shows you understand their audience shows that this is something you're sending specifically to them and not to a hundred other journalists. So that's a huge opportunity that I feel like people just miss the mark on this very, very simple way that they can get their pitches to stand out. And that goes for right now or, you know, any time that you're reaching out to the media. So let's just kind of go through an example here. Let's just say that you've got a small, medium-sized business. They haven't hired an agency yet, but they're wanting to get more PR. If they came to you and said, hey, Jen, can you coach me in how to do this? Like, what would be your advice to them on how to kind of start start moving the needle and maybe some channels that the that they would look to improve their PR? Yeah, I love this. Um, I put together a really simple, like, bite size actionable program. Just, you know, you don't have to learn how to do PR like an agency. You just have to learn how to do it enough to tell your story, share your message with the right publications, the right people at those publications at the right time. So that's what I teach. I have like a very quick and easy program called Media Magnet that I put together just for that purpose. And it's like five days worth of just simple, small actions. And my advice is, you know, there's this whole world of outlets available and it can feel really overwhelming. And I think people look at it like, ah, I don't know where to go, what to do, where to start. And they just think of all the possibilities and that they maybe should be doing all of them at once. And so I like to approach it in a very small, bite-sized, targeted, strategic way. So thinking about the publications that you read and you think to yourself, oh, I, you know, I, I could really add some value here or I should be featured here because I know that what I offer, what I know how to do would really add value or benefit their readers. It's that feeling you get when you're reading a publication and you think, huh, you know, it's not just like, wow, it would be so amazing to be featured on Forbes, but it's like, wow, this specific writer that's covering this topic on Forbes right now. I know that I can add value to their stories. My unique perspective, my insight would add value. So you start to make a note of those publications or those opportunities. And I'm saying like three to five. I mean, don't try to do everything at once, but laser in on a few key places that resonate with you in that way, where you have that aha feeling of, I know that I could add value. My voice would fit in here with what they're talking about. This is mostly for experts, I would say. Let's just kind of position it that way. And then, you know, start to make a note of who is writing those articles or who's writing the articles that are the best fit for where you can lend your expertise and then start engaging with them. Share their content on social media. You don't even have to have a huge following. Don't worry if you don't, but see where they're most active. Are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? Are they, you know, over on TikTok? I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> start to engage and share their content. And I think Twitter, you know, gives a good opportunity for tagging them, adding a little insight as to why their article was helpful to you, any takeaways you found especially valuable. You know, they'll start to notice you and they'll see you. And then, you know, a week or two later when you send them a pitch, it's not 
totally random and out of thin air. And you can speak genuinely to their content that they write and how you fit in. And if you can demonstrate that to them and they see that you're familiar with what they cover, who their audience is, then you have credibility that what you're offering is the right fit, you know, and you're familiar with what they're, with what they talk about. You're not just sending this pitch to a hundred other publications. So that's going to get their attention, especially to, if you can make a personal connection in some way, like don't be a stalker. I'm not saying don't be a stalker, you know, be a total weirdo. Everybody loves stalkers. What are you talking about? You know, everybody loves stalkers. Social media makes it so easy to stalk people, but like check out their content. And you know, like, uh, I, I saw a journalist went to Machu Picchu and I had been in Peru and, you know, did the Inca trail, at least part of it, not the whole Inca trail, but, um, and hiked Huayna Picchu. And I saw they had just done that. And it was such a important trip that I had taken in my life. And I wanted to kind of share that shared experience. And I opened the email with, uh, you know, addressing that, like, Oh, I just saw you were in Peru. It just brought back memories from my awesome time out there. And, you know, I said, are you stay, still able to hike up Huayna Picchu? Cause I heard it was so steep. You can't get up there anymore. And just kind of made it like, I got you, like I see you and we have a connection. Anytime you can make a shared connection, that's genuine. Like don't force it. Don't do something that feels like shady or out of integrity. But those connections are really hard to ignore, especially if you kind of let them know how much you value the work they're doing. Like if it's a podcaster, you know, you can tell the difference between someone who's pitching a hundred podcasts, just hoping somebody will say, sure, I need guests, come on over versus somebody who's an avid listener, who's a fan of your content, who has been impacted by the content you've shared, it's made an impact in their life. Like imagine if you had a listener that said, you know what, Nicholas, I have implemented some of the strategies you've shared and I've saved, you know, a thousand extra dollars a month and I've increased my net worth 10%. And, you know, thank you so much. You would, your ears would perk up because you would say this person gets me and they know what I talk about. Now let's see what follows. And if there's something here that could be of benefit to my listeners. So those things help you stand out. And it's shocking to me how many people and also PR professionals don't do it. It's time consuming. So they don't take those steps. They shortcut the process because I get it. We're pitching so many outlets for our clients. But as an individual, if you just focus in on three to five, it makes it less overwhelming it makes it more manageable. And that way you can, you know, really focus in and say, you know what, I sent that really awesome pitch and I didn't hear back. Let me follow up. Let me reach out with a new angle, a new idea, or reach out to someone else over there because I, that person may be busy, but somebody else may have the bandwidth to listen to what I have to say. And I'll tell you, don't be discouraged if you don't hear from somebody after your first pitch. In our agency, we always get our results on follow-up. I would say 90% of our articles or placements that we get for clients happen in the follow-up. So don't give up. Just keep at it. You know, don't be annoying. And don't be one of these people I was talking to. uh, We have a a mutual connection. um, And I was talking on his podcast and I was like, don't be one of those, like, was it something I said? You know, those guys that send those aggressive follow-up emails and you're just like, oh my God, you're so annoying. 
don't be that, <laughs> but follow up with helpful information and you'll probably eventually get someone's attention. And they may, you know, a no isn't a not, not ever. It could be, be just not right now or not with this pitch. Try again, you know, so keep at it until something resonates. That brings up a kind of a question. Do you find that these individuals are receptive to being pitched? I mean, are they looking for, hey, I need help with these articles or are they looking for, I need somebody to write articles for me and then I'll tweak them? Like, are, are you finding that they're receptive or do you find that, that they feel like they're being bombarded with individuals who maybe they don't feel like are as smart as they are? <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that the latter is true. I'm sure they're being bombarded. <laughs> I actually interviewed a, um, a writer for Huffington Post. She, she was doing the women in business profiles and she told me she gets 75 to hundred relevant pitches every day, not counting the, the ones that are not relevant, but she's sifting through 75 to hundred relevant pitches a day, but they're looking for content to share they're looking for experts to source. They're looking for, you know, relevant story ideas and topics that they can share with their readers. And, you know, if you come at it from the perspective of you're making their job easier, it's not like what is in it for you because it's really obvious what's in it for you. If you get featured by one of these outlets, you get visibility, credibility, maybe traffic to your website, a feather in your cap, you know. A little logo on your website with all the you know banner of all the impressive places you've been featured. It's obvious what's in it for you, but think about it from the perspective of how am I helping make this journalist's life easier or make this editor's story more actionable or more robust or more credible because I have a voice that lends authority to what they're talking about. Um, you you know you may not always know what journalists are writing about. But if you start to pitch and you make yourself really accessible, you let them know what topics you can speak about. You're very responsive. You have everything you, you know that they need when they ask for it. They're never held up on a deadline waiting for you. You start to become a reliable source. And we've had you know, journalists come back to us time and time again, or me specifically as um, someone who's you know, sharing insight on these topics, they'll come back and say, Hey, you wrote that article about blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, can you give me some ideas? Cause I'm working on something different. I thought you could contribute. So you can become a trusted source and be a regular contributor. You know, there's different ways to go about it, you know, lending a, a quote or a tip in somebody else's article or offering to write the article as a contributor. Like a lot of these websites, you know, Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, a lot of them allow guest contributors. And then if you submit and you kind of jump through all the hoops and hurdles, you qualify, now you have a platform and you can kind of write about anything you want to be known for. So there's a couple ways to go about it. I've pitched myself to give tips and strategies for somebody else's column on Forbes. And they literally took my entire, in a positive way, they didn't steal it, but they copied my whole email, pasted it into an article with a big picture of me, links to my website. And it was my article. Like I was the contributor, even though it was through a guest contributors platform, she just kind of basically handed the floor over to me. And that has been a really amazing um, source of credibility 
in my business. And to this day, I still get traffic, inbound traffic. You know, we have a really high Google ranking. I don't, we're not an SEO firm, but I do understand the value of high quality referring links to your website. And certainly when you Google my name or my company's name, the Forbes article comes up. So it has a lot of value and it lasts for a long time. So there's a lot of inherent benefit for having these things. And there's a lot of ways to go about it. It's being a source for something they're writing about or guest contributing your own content, just figuring out where you fit into what they are already doing. If you try to fit them to your idea, it's not going to work. You have to fit yourself to their framework and how they already are doing what they do. That's awesome information. I mean, when you look at today's day and age and all the noise that that we're dealing with, those businesses that are going to survive are those businesses that have more eyeballs on them. And, yeah. and when you look at it from a PR perspective, do you see you know, you've referenced journalists and things like that. Do you see one channel being more authoritative than another? And then two, what do you see the future of, of PR being, you know, five or 10 years down the road? Do you see that changing a lot? Or do you see a lot of the fundamentals being the same, but maybe just the outlets a little bit different? Yeah. Um, well, certainly. I mean, the big names, it depends. Here's the deal. It's like, where are your target customers hanging out? What are they listening to? What are they reading? You know, if you're a, a horse like a trainer, then being on Forbes, it probably doesn't matter that much to you. But if you get in like Equine Daily, I don't even know if that's a thing, that's going to be a real credibility booster for you. You know, like if you're a fitness expert, getting featured on fitness platforms are more relevant and add more to your credibility than, you know, being featured in a blog that talks about, I don't know, the stock market, like it's not relevant. So the answer is go where your audience is, what they're listening to, what they would view as adding credibility for you. I think that we used to think print publications were the kind of be all end all of credibility. And we started to see a huge shift a while. I mean, it's, you know, this has been a long time coming, but now there's online versions of print magazines and the opportunities are so much more abundant. So there's, you know, 30 articles a month that you could position yourself for online versus one in a print magazine comes out once a month and you still get that credibility. Like in my space, it's Allure, Cosmo, Vogue, you know, these, these publications that it used to just be the print was the most important thing. And now we see digital versions of, you know, online versions of print magazines give you a link to your website. Consumers can click straight through and buy the product that the editor mentions or click through and learn more about what you have to offer versus taking a magazine and walking over to your computer, sitting down and typing in a URL. People just didn't do it. So, so it's kind of been an interesting shift because now we're tracking and tracing links and we're seeing actual ROI that we can track and measure, which is really exciting. And the other thing that's a huge shift right now is if any of your audience have um, consumer products 
in any way. All of our editors, including mainstream editors, are looking for affiliate links. They want to be compensated. They want to generate revenue for the things that they're talking about. So whether that's an Amazon affiliate or Amazon influencer link, which has the benefit of them getting the value of your entire shopping cart for 24 hours. So you can click through on a $2 item, a $2 pen, and they track the link and the source of the link. And if that person buys a 60 inch flat screen TV, you get the revenue from that entire cart transaction. So there's a lot of money to be made. It's a way that um, publishers are supplementing the challenges they're facing from lack of advertising or, you know, too many opportunities to advertise so they're losing those ad dollars. We're seeing them asking for those link opportunities. And if you're not on Amazon or your own website doesn't have an affiliate program, you are not going to convert on press. And that's been something that's been probably in the last year, but it's across the board what we're seeing. And it actually works on the flip side that if you can offer them, you know, an Amazon link because you're selling on Amazon or you have your own affiliate program through your website, they are more likely to feature you than a company that doesn't, especially if you have a high percentage, you know, of, of revenue. And they like multi-cart, you know, multi-cart transactions if there's a way that they can get you know, money from a bunch of different sites that refer through your link, they are happy to share those links. It's just, that's the change we're seeing is, you know, we're not freaked out about the way the media is changing. We're embracing it and leaning into it and seeing it as new ways to guide our clients to, to win in this changing landscape. And also, you know, there's now podcasts that didn't exist before and which it's really well because we're chatting on a podcast and like I'll get exposed to your audience and you know they would never probably know about me or what I have to offer or any of these things and it's just like a really cool opportunity to reach new people in a big way and I also personally love podcasts and recommend our clients consider going on podcasts because it's a great way to share your personality to make a really deep connection with someone who's listening. Like there's an intimacy to it that I think people really like. And I think it's a great way to form a really fast connection to a consumer. So yeah, that's the kind of what I see happening. One last question. And this kind of goes back to this whole idea of, of maybe what's happening in the future. I, I was listening or watching, I can't remember which one it was, and they were talking about businesses getting attention and their perspective was you've got to make sure that, that you get not only attention, but quality attention, because in their, in their perspective, they're saying in the next five years, it's not going to be, I'm Googling Jen. It's going to be Alexa. I need PR. And Alexa is going to be like generationpr.com. Do you see that type of trend happening or do you think that's maybe a little far-fetched? No, I definitely see that happening. I do think that people will still be Googling and looking for answers. I think that with social media, people are crowdsourcing from their contacts and getting answers because it's a more trusted source. And we're also seeing the increase in nano influencers. And yes, there are now nano influencers. So you saw like these big influencers, then there were like the micro influencers who had, you know, 10,000, 100,000 followers. 
and they were monetizing and, you know, cashing in on the value that they were bringing and the platform they had created. And then big brands, I mean, some of my big, big billion dollar clients, I mean, they're like, they have money to spend, um, maybe not so much right now, but they were wanting to connect with the nano influencers because, you know, if they're launching a product that's like a lower back pain relief supplement, um, which is exactly what I helped them <laughs> figure out, they want people that genuinely suffer from lower back pain. They want to find to experience the product and share it with their audience. And if they have 5,000 or fewer followers, the, the thought is that those people have somewhat of a connection to that person. It's their hairdresser, their yoga instructor, their teacher, their best friend's son, you know, so those people are more inclined to trust those nano influencers and their opinions. So I see people asking their social networks for recommendations. But then in terms of Alexa, we are seeing these Alexa flash briefings still very, very early days. But this is a way that you can push in content into people's homes and getting, you know, getting recommendations and they can turn around and purchase it right on the device. So I do see that shift happening. I think it might happen more in the way of consumer product recommendations. And I'm getting my news with Amazon flash briefings and you just kind of set up a voice command one time. And then whenever you want to access that, you just ask for it and it's on your own time and it's there whenever you need it. So I think that people that jump in on that probably will be ahead of the curve as well. But I still, you know, we haven't seen any slowdown in Google searching. And I think it's, you know, yet another platform. And depending on what you're seeking, a personal recommendation may be more valuable than a Google recommendation. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense as, as well. I mean, we're always going to trust those individuals in which, we've got personal relationships, right? That's part of the idea behind business is really trying to create a connection or a relationship with consumers and potential consumers so that they'll, you know, trust us and, and want to do business with us for sure. So Jen, this yeah. has been awesome. I really, uh, I appreciate your time. I think this is invaluable information for, for my audience. If people want to connect with you, follow you, get in touch with you, how would they do that? They can find me on, go to Generation Academy, um, or if you go to Profitable PR Pros, it'll redirect you. Because on that site, I have a free resource that could be valuable to your audience. It's like a, a checklist. I wanted people to see what they needed to have in place in order to be ready for the media, so that if they're going to be pitching, they will have the assets, the things they need, like you know, photographs, bio, byline, you know, the certain links and things that editors are going to ask for. Cause like I said, you don't want to slow them down. You want to be a, a, a really responsive source to them. So there's a press ready checklist. And I think that there's even like a 12 minute little training video where I walk you through it and tell you what you need to know specifically. Um, so there's, there's that, I think you can get that as like a free download on my website. And that's a, that's gender, that's generation Academy. Yeah, generationacademy.com or Profitable PR Pros redirects to it. And then I have an agency website. That's just Generation PR. 
there are some good articles on there. I have a blog on there with some relevant articles. We publish content. I do videos every week. I have a Facebook live show that I do every single week sharing, you know, strategies and tips for mastering the media and getting your brand front and center. And I want to point out that generation is spelled with a J and not a G, but we'll, we'll leave the, I'll leave the links in the show notes and, and all of that stuff. So Jen, I really appreciate you joining us. This has been awesome. And to all my listeners, thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Have a great day. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Nicholas Jensen underscore. That's at Nicholas Jensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.